What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Encrypted Podcast. Encrypted is the Middle East's first and largest podcast dedicated to blockchain and crypto assets. I'm your host, Ahmed Al-Balaghi. Now, there are over 2,000 cryptocurrencies and tokens on the market. How can you assess them? And how can you differentiate the good models from the bad ones? I sit down with Pranav Sharma, who's a founding partner of Woodstock Fund, where we discuss investment vehicles in crypto projects, how to assess token models, and why tokens are a unit of trust. Before we start, here's a shout out to one of our sponsors, CBX, which is a multinational exchange with clients in over 50 countries. Not only does it have a delightful experience, but it's always a benefit to personally know the founders of CBX who have quite an experienced background in financial markets. And so I place a great faith in the operations and security of this exchange. What's more, CBX regularly has new project listings and many promotions. And just by having an account, you'll be entered into the airdrops program on a weekly basis. So I invite you all to check them out at cbx.one to trade your cryptocurrencies. Another amazing supporter of the show, Gibral Network, which is a blockchain startup looking to bridge the uncharted cryptocurrency world with time-tested traditional financial markets. Gibral offers infrastructure products that work towards bringing efficiencies to traditional markets by using new and unique technologies. Check out the J Wallet, which is preloaded with Ethereum tokens. Wow, that's pretty cool, free tokens, as well as asset-backed stablecoins that are regulation-friendly. I'd really like to thank those who've been supporting the show. And remember, you could support us in any way possible. Don't forget to subscribe and rate and review the show, sharing the podcast on social media and any other way you feel like supporting. And we really hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this new episode of Encrypted. Today, I'm with a special guest from India. His name is Pranav Sharma, and he's one of the founders of Woodstock Fund. Say hello. Thank you very much, Ahmed, for this opportunity. How are you doing, Pranav? I'm doing great and I'm really enjoying being in Dubai and experiencing all the marvel that, you know, mm. human creation can actually build. Absolutely. It's amazing. Yeah. You've been here a couple of days, right? How's it going so far? Amazing. Packed meetings, back to back. Everyone is open for business. It's such an open space. Mm-hmm. Accessible people, warm, kind and amazing hospitality. I'm truly enjoying it. Awesome. And what, what's sort of been your biggest takeaway from, from this couple day trip here in Dubai? I think the biggest takeaway for me has been, if you look at Dubai 1.0, it mm-hmm. was focused on resources and resources, you know, drove the economy and somewhere down the line, trading and infrastructure became an important play. But mm-hmm. I think there's a huge realization across the board here that technology and digitization is going to be the prime mover in the uh, future. So there's a huge openness to look at emerging technologies here. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree with that. And so could you give a quick background about Woodstock as well and about about yourself too? So Woodstock Fund is a multi-asset fund and we focus on uh, decentralized ledger technologies, which people casually call as, you know, blockchain. Mm-hmm. But it's a much larger space as people would have you know, understood. Within this space, we focus on three areas. First area is public DLT, which is decentralized ledger technologies. Second is decentralized finance. And third is Web 3.0. So let me briefly th- take you through in terms of why we focus on these, these three areas and mm-hmm. uh, not other spaces. We believe that majority of the value creation will happen in this space before the application uh, journey starts in blockchain space. So right now there's a discovery of blockchains which can solve the trilemma of let's say the holy grail of uh, decentralization, security and scalability. 
So some of the investments that we have done have been in, in focused on this space. In our view, DLT or let's say these blockchain are going to be the fabric on which you know various uh, other technologies and applications will be built for the future. Mm -hmm. The second part is decentralized finance. I come from traditional finance, almost a decade and a half uh, yeah. in financial services. I've been across the board in private equity, in offshore asset management, domestic asset management. I was in distribution side of the business for a fairly long time, both on the broking side as well as on wealth management you know, side. I was in M&A for let's say about a year. We looked at both, both acquiring domestic assets, offshore assets. This was in my previous financial services you know, experience. Mm. Then somewhere down the line, few, let's say about you know, six months or so, I got oriented towards the credit mm. part of the business, which is the lending. And then I was handling SME, which is a small and mid-sized enterprise uh, business for one of the largest insurers in India across okay. the country. So I have built multiple teams and have also, and something very interesting, which I want to share in my last experience as to what motivated me to become part of this crypto as a journey, or uh, rather, let's say digital asset as a journey. So it's like, you know, we built something called as a protection counseling program. Because we realize that ultimately, if you are giving somebody a solution, you can't push it down their throat. It is always about co-creation. Yes. So we, so we build a digital tool. We build a SME university within the organization oh, cool. to reach out to distributors and reach out to SMEs. Mm. We reached out to some 6,000 SMEs with this program and which was a sales. It's like a co-creation solution and sales, you know, closure program. Mm. And let's say we trained about, let's say, 1,000 distributors in a three-tier university program. Mm. And after going through all of this, I realized that, you know, ultimately, whatever has to work in society, has to be a combination of technology, economics, social. And I think one thing that we always forget is ecology. Yeah. And these are all shifting at a phenomenal rate. So there's a paradigm shift, you know, which is going on right now. And somewhere Bitcoin happened, Ethereum happened, various ICOs happened. And then my old hat came in, you know, let's, you know, focus on building offshore structure. And that's how the entire journey of the fund started off. Right. And in terms of the fund, you guys have currently made sort of six investments so far. Absolutely, you're right. Okay. And in a bit, we're going to sort of dive into, into those different investments. So the, the topic for today is really to understand how these different investments work from both a, I'd say, logistical way of these different sort of structures, whether it's tokens, equity, convertible notes, and then also assessing the right token models. So we have... You know, some investors listening to this. We have a lot of people who li like putting some money into crypto as well, listening to this. So I think this is a really good opportunity to, to learn from what you guys have been doing so far. So for me, what's really interesting is, so you have all these public open protocols. Maybe we could start off with this, right? We, ha we have public open protocols. One of your investments is Holochain. And of course, maybe you put in ticket size of $250,000, $300,000. But what do you ultimately purchase? Is it tokens? Is it equity? I mean, if it's a public public blockchain, is there any point in owning equity of the mother company that's actually creating this blockchain? What can you walk us through that that process and how it works? Amazing. So let me break this question into two parts. One is in terms of what investments we have done within the fund. Mm -hmm. So let's say so in the first category, which is uh, public DLT, we have made investments in Holochain, Elrond, and Casper mm -hmm. Labs. Mm -hmm. And you, if you look at even these three projects or startups, they're in very different areas. Like Holochain is peer-to-peer -peer technology. It's revolutionary, focused on build around biomimicry and let's say inspired from biology in many ways. So it can throw a very interesting application. Let's, for example, Ahmed, you and I, 
coming from different walks of life let's say if you want to let's say build an application we don't require global consensus so blockchain may not be required in every context in every scenario second is elrond if you look at elrond it has solved the holy grail so the team has been at work for the past 2 years and focusing on getting it right in terms of sharding which is adaptive sharding in their case and also building secure proof of stake mm. and within a month one and a half people will realize how powerful something like elrond is gasper labs of course it's a very interesting play something which is in a different league altogether actively backed by silicon valley by wall street by some of the larger corporations in korea let's mm-hmm. say hyundai so this is you can see that you know how versatile you know yeah. our portfolio within even public dlt is yeah. but what cuts across is that all of them are great projects which are extremely keen and focused on adoption as a journey we are not supporting speculation as a journey because we believe that speculation is important for price discovery it's mm. an essential element of the market but the most important element of the market is that is this token going to be utilized or not is it the right vehicle for investment so let me come more detailed let me go deeper into this in terms of answering the second part of your question but let me take you through the rest of the two areas in which you know we have invested other area is is a decentralized finance mm-hmm. coming from traditional finance i clearly see the inefficiencies there are vertical inefficiencies which we call as silos two departments in don't speak to each other so definitely all of you who are part of let's say corporate or let's say you know mid size companies you will understand that there are inefficiencies in that area then came fintech revolution at some point now fintech revolution we clearly know that after so much of hype and everything ultimately let's say about 10 15 odd startups you know became successful mm. they became unicorn now but they hit a wall they hit a wall because somewhere they all hit a wall with the banking system yeah what i really like about decentralized finance is that let's say once again coming to the same point let's say ahmed you and i want to exchange value we don't require a third party to say that you know please go and exchange value and i will charge a gatekeeping fees it doesn't make sense right definitely it has to be kyc and aml compliant so that ultimately it gives you know regulators the comfort that you know this money is used for the right purposes and so on and so forth so we are definitely keen like one of my team members says we believe in autonomous transactions these are we anonymous transactions so that's our defi focus so within defi we have invested into helis network defi is decentralized finance decentralized finance thank you for uh, butting in so here helis network they are based at australia mm-hmm. here our thesis is that let's say a, a prodigy developer and a great business guy coming together and having a small team which can develop a great product or a great platform is just ideal in terms of you know solving a specific problem mm-hmm. so we are talking to many more projects in this particular space but excited about having been invested in uh, helis network you know so far oh. just to share with you even helis team karman kohli he publishes uh, a defi publication let's say on a weekly basis and he has been doing it for the past you know so many year, uh, for for let's say past 3 years wow so that really shows that there's a passion there's clarity there's a vision to make this happen we are looking at entrepreneurs who can uh, look at defi not from the perspective of anonymity but let's say definitely looking at creating autonomous enabling structures which create a bridge with the traditional finance world there's a huge opportunity i mean look at it this way there's so much of money which is sitting in debt right yeah. at 5% 3% can that money be channelized into decentralized finance this is a big opportunity it's mm-hmm. not about concealing privacy that's our perspective third area is web 3.0 our point of view as a fund is that the new web which is what we called as web 3.0 which is already emerging is going to be more expressive more human in the sense that for example let's say let's look at 
UAE itself, let's say somebody is from Rasul Khema, and somebody from Rasul Khema who may not have this facility that we are sitting here, can he or she have the same potential of expressing their talent and creating a world-class organization? That's a, that's a true unbundling of the human potential. So those tools will be available to people across the world. You're on a mountain, you're in a desert, you're you, you by the sea, you're in a big city, you're in a small city. If you can still create something world-class, that is a true unbundling of human potential. Yeah. So any protocols in this particular space, we're extremely open to have a conversation and see that, you know, how we can support them, fund them. Another thing which I want to add here is that what gives us terrific pride is that, let's say, within Web 3.0 protocols, let's say, which is Marlin protocol or let's say band protocol, coincidentally, three things, very interesting things have happened. Mm. So we invested in most of these projects or let's say we were supporting them even before Binance Launchpad or mm. any of the bigger VCs came in. Because our thesis uh, is very robust. We go deep in terms of understanding technology, in terms of understanding token economics, which I'm going to come to later. And then finally taking investment call. Yeah. So at a very high level, our thesis is that it's about team. It's about technology. And it's about tokens. Or let's say about economics. Yeah. Let me not call it tokens because it's, it can be even equity. It could be convertibles. So let me now come to the second part of the question yes. that you asked. Yeah, yeah. So what is the right vehicle? So, and let me say why I call it a vehicle. Mm. So for me, I mean, for us rather as a fund, every, any instrument is a vehicle for achieving an end goal. Yeah. Like a startup, for a startup to become successful, money is one of the many ingredients, mm -hmm. right? Similarly, if you are focused on building network effect, then token makes sense. But if your focus is on raising funds, and this is used for building a model, which is going to ultimately generate revenue, you may or may not require a token. And if you're not sure about it, and if you're an early stage startup, you must go for a convertible note. Don't force fit a instrument on your business model. Yeah. Don't let the tail wag the dog. Mm -hmm. It has to be the business model, which is driving the decision of which instrument you should be using. Absolutely. Yeah. So I've actually had this experience where I must have helped a project sort of back in the day or two years ago, <laughs> and I was compensated in the token. And silly me, I didn't sell when the price was high. But anyhow, they raised a lot of money during the ICO and they managed to sell most of the, like they, they managed to cash out all the Ethereum that they had raised. And so they have a good like double digit million in the bank. But as they're building the product, whatever they wrote in the white paper actually can't be realized due to regulation and due to sort of market, sort of the, the current market status. And so now they're thinking of new products, but these new products don't actually need the token. And so now they're thinking, what do we do with our token? And I, I guess this is sort of the, the time now where people are thinking about this more, where they shouldn't really force a token into their, into their model. And I guess investors like that when they see companies that are maybe just an equity play just because they, they don't see a need for a token. You're absolutely right. So it's very interesting. So you touched upon the market cycles in a mm. different way. So it's very interesting that let's say as a fund or let's say even as an individual, and if you're let's say true believer in this space, if you want to make money, you have to stay for at least two to three cycles. Oh yes, <laughs> yeah. And it's never about timing the cycles and saying that I could have, you know, cashed out my million dollar, you know, at that particular point in time. Yeah. This is about seeing the shift in the world and where this can be the de facto way of exchanging value. Yeah. For all you know, because it's about creating you know, local communities of exchanging value. That's what token system is all about, mm -hmm. right? Now, 
साइकिल विच हैपन्ड इन 2017 इट वाज मेनी वेज अशर्ड इन बाय पीपल बिलीविंग दैट देयर इज अ मैजिक इन स्मार्ट कॉन्ट्रैक्ट्स एंड द टेक्नोलॉजी इज अल्टीमेटली अबाउट ह्यूमन बीइंग्स लाइक आई मेंशनड अबाउट यू नो सोशल इंटरैक्टिंग विद टेक्नोलॉजी एंड इकोनॉमिक्स इफ द इफ दीस थ्री थिंग्स जस्ट फॉरगेट अबाउट इकोलॉजी फॉर अ वाइल व्हिच इज द एनवायरमेंट if these three things which is social economics and technology they don't they don't they're not in harmony definitely there is something which is going to come down something is going to crash so if you look at it very interestingly in that you know period of time there was a gold rush mm-hmm. and the technology was still early stage scalability definitely was a issue in the trilemma which was not solved if i'm just talking about let's say public dlt as a space intention was there i'm not talking about intention about various larger ones like ethereum you know phenomenal intention but we know that intention only takes you as far mm. and if the serious money involved delivery is what matters that's why i mentioned that for us adoption is what we are betting on when we invest into specific projects so yeah i mean what i can share with all of you out there is that in case you are part of a project which is focused on ad- adoption has used the right instrument to raise money and that instrument is valuable like for example the example that you gave i really don't know about the project that you're talking about yeah if that project you know raised through the token and the token does not have value i don't think it's going to yeah. create value in the future the company is going to create value and eventually the founders are going to create value the right instrument mm. in my view should have been equity at that particular point in time and if it was a well meaning project they should have been very open about it i think self honesty yeah. is the most important no, i quality, think yeah. i think out of every 20 projects maybe one or two would be saying okay we'd either refund you guys or put these tokens into equity and this particular project will probably be doing that yeah oh that's really yeah, yeah. so brilliant. it's any anyway, anyhow so this is a good one yeah, actually this yeah, is a good it's, it's, this is a, a good, good one yeah yeah but most of the projects out there they've just sort of dumped and and left so so to take one of the examples of one of the investments that you guys have done which you know you see there's a clear use case of a token do you also invest at the equity level as well how are those vehicles structured because at least for me when i was investing i was doing everything tokens and then afterwards i thought no i have to hedge my risk and so i'd rather do half equity half tokens how about you so let me share one example of equity and token investment that we have done so far so here the equity investment made sense because equity was coming at a discount and we clearly saw a possibility a clear cut high probability of a buyback by the enterprise themselves once they are revenue accretive so what does a buyback mean just so buyback sorry buyback means that let's say if i invested in equity and next round happens let's say it was seed round and then series a happens then in the series a the series a investors are going to buy if series a investors are not going to buy that equity the company is going to buy that equity from the internal accruals that are going they are going to get you know from the revenue they are going to make in let's say a couple of years of a time frame which is which makes sense from a fund perspective for us so for us it is always about undervaluation and overvaluation mm-hmm. so it was definitely coming at discount its money which is available now i think it's very important to understand that equity also gives you additional rights yes it gives you recourse in a regulated space and that's why vcs insist on equity but i think it's a very important point that you made ahmed is that let's say if it is a decentralized protocol equity does not make sense yeah it doesn't the right vehicle there is token and maybe it's a dual token structure which is the right structure maybe the fund should be raised through a security token which gets converted into a utility token 
when the adoption journey actually starts of that particular mm-hmm. project interesting maybe another approach is that you should bootstrap your business till the point you reach the first poc and the first minimum utility and you're very close to the tipping point that's where you access the ico market or the security token market you know whatever you call it maybe that is what we need to all come together and make standards around what kind of projects should be raising a certain threshold and above amount in this yeah. particular space so maybe many ideas i just gave yeah, you yeah, know no, that's really cool no it, it makes a lot of sense okay all right interesting all right so this is going to be a bit of a shield time so for example <laughs> for by economy the project that i'm i'm working on how much so now now you know what what it is how much do you think we should raise <laughs> So Bikonomy is a very interesting play and what I love about Bikonomy and, and I spoke to Aniket and mm. uh, you Ahmed is that both of you are not focusing on taking a token route. You're mm. saying that we are not focused on token. Our focus is to build the project and the project that works. We focus on getting POCs, partnerships, closely working with Matic, mm. closely working with, you know, let's exploring other potential partners, others layer to partners and seeing that how you can do meta transactions in a more structured way. and also exploring various other forums like you went to berlin mm. you had mm. interaction with a lot of developers a lot of you know projects which are working in similar space this is very impressive this is the right approach in my perspective the second thing is that how do you look at let's say how much should you raise you're asking a question yeah i guess this could be a general question as well for and you know yeah. my answer always is like i uh, mentioned uh, previously is money is is one of the many ingredients to make a startup successful the most important ingredient is team yeah so look at it this way for example let's say aniket and you are there in this team and let's say there is a core team or developers you know mm. which is there all of you are building this team do you need money to add let's say 10 more people within the team to go to the next milestone do you need it for more visibility do you need it for signing certain partnerships that require some initial capital to be invested and maybe that is the only amount of money and maybe 30 40% more which is required mm. for you to reach a certain point look at it this way as a startup if you are giving your equity too early you are giving two things too early one is you are ch- selling it cheap Se- yeah. second is you are ceding control to somebody who may or may not understand your business and have the same passion and the same vision that you have mm. and may dilute you later on the second is definitely if you go let's say release your tokens and this is an analogy that i share with a lot of people it's like let's say water is going to flow from a mountain to let's say the sea mm. right if the uh, if let's say in india for example let's say ganges is going to flow from himalayas to let's say kolkata mm. right you build dams you build check dams and there are distributaries and tributaries as in the water comes merges into the river at times it also spreads and goes goes by This is exactly the analogy I see in the token uh, market. Mm. So once the token generation event happens, the water supply is on. Whatever infrastructure you have built, which is the cliffs or let's say lockups mm. or even let's say you know potential collaboration or let's say swaps with other tokens, whatever ingenious stuff that you have done, it is irreversible practically. You have committed to a design. Yeah. And what you have given here I mean although water is extremely valuable and in many ways you know people say that the next war is going to be a war for water and stuff but in the same analogy here a token is a unit of trust you're giving that unit of trust to a community member mm. if that person is not able to discover value and and look up to you that you know hey can i trust by economy mm. then definitely you as a project or you as a startup are not going to discover value yeah yeah 100% because you're not going to have you know investors who believe in you yeah So my just to summarize you know after this uh, yeah, yeah. you know long view is that 
only raise as much as you need preserve equity till the point you believe that let's say if you're taking equity as a route mm. then preserve equity till the point you think you've created enough value so that you can unlock value you've worked hard towards it yeah. second part is if you're using the token route be very cognizant that simulate this yeah, yeah. have multiple scenarios and commit yeah. to a scenario wherein you clearly know that five year down the line you're going to be committed to this particular pathway okay interesting and i guess sort of one one of the last things that i wanted to talk about is so we we talked about tokens and knowing that if you want to do a token you have to commit to it but how do you assess if this is the right sort of token model what are the key considerations and factors where you can realize value in a token so let me share from fund perspective so since i come from traditional finance background my focus is that my loyalty is to the lp yeah so my focus is that the risk management should be in a manner that the principle of the lp has to be backed mm-hmm. so definitely first criteria when we look at a project or let's say token economics or let's see even equity or whichever instrument we want to take is that is the principle of the investor going to come back in the shortest possible time or not if that is assured the rest of the stuff is play and it can be the rest of the value unlock can happen in two ways one is the organic value unlock because the startup is doing many more things but the second thing that we are doing is we are also building an ecosystem so let's say middle east is a very important focus for us so we are partnering with accelerators here we are partnering with you know government offices mm. and so on and so forth well it's very simple that let's say how many people will actually come over and have a conversation like this if they have a bridge which is able to have the conversation and they understand the language and stuff and get best of the projects to work with best of the corporates i think the space can grow much faster second is when we invest into these projects let's say six of us and this is also where we draw a lot of pride six of them are talking to each other and also many of the founders and the cxos of these companies without us asking them they i have cross invested into multiple projects mm. so they are investors you know with a fund so for us it is like a family mm-hmm. and it's like an ecosystem which is expanding and unless and this is my suggestion even to individuals who are investing here if you have a way of expanding the horizon and creating a more inclusive environment in which you can include enterprises other projects to talk to each other create an environment in which a true adoption can happen that is going to be a true value unlock whatever we have seen so far was the easy one mm-hmm. i think that wave has passed by this is going to be all about adoption and genuine startups discovering genuine value and that is where the real big money and big attention is going to come because this is the potential of the space okay so you think token models are a function of the best token model is the ecosystem and the adoption that it brings absolutely okay let's say if i am a project let's say let's look at elrond mm-hmm. elrond is based on romania so you may have built great technology yeah let's say four five of you know about this what is the point you may go to binance raise money there's a lot of hype a lot of people want to like rush into the gold rush make money what is the point this technology is of no use after a point in time this will become another blockchain which yeah. was glorified valuable at certain point in time but then it lost its sheen because something better came in the real value is that they're focusing on four geographies so let's say they're focusing on korea japan singapore and uae very clear focus and within that also their focus is very clear top enterprises top government officials top government departments top funds if exchanges at all you know they are present and just seeing that how this ecosystem can be built together with them co-creating solutions 
according to me this is the right approach and in many ways as a fund we draw a lot of confidence so what i'm taking away when i you know speak to let's say elron team when they you know mm. they came to dubai is that they undervalued okay interesting <laughs> okay no no i mean i i i guess i wasn't expecting that answer because i was expecting i guess something a bit more technical but you you kind of answered it in a way which is which makes sense i mean a token model makes sense not just primarily to the token economics but also the adoption like does a token model automatically support adoption once you know something happens once they create the partnerships once they cre- create the, the the trust and the value in the ecosystem so yeah no i i get that it makes a lot of sense because if if there's no adoption then that what's the point of the token exactly and let me share a technical response there from an investor point of view look at it like a demand and supply equation so there are tokens out there in the market let's say there are 10 million tokens out there in the market either these 10 million tokens are going to be held by speculators or holders who believe that the value of the token will potentially go up hmm. because of various reasons right which is basically the staking mechanism which has been built or the hype that the project creates and stuff but the hype and the staking the real action starts when the real enterprises and the real startup start using their platform yeah and using yeah. the token for as validators and as users within that close ecosystem mm-hmm. and then the supply reduces and when the circulating supply reduces and the demand goes up more definitely the price yeah. will go up more because the supply is lesser and that's the best you know scenario in terms of investing so mm. i think in the bear market please focus and you know as an investor i would say that since you are going to be there for the long long term please focus on these kind of projects just you know sense whether they are focusing on some sort of a usage on a certain scale mm. wherein the circulating supply is going to reduce okay and that is where you're going to create tremendous value when the next bull market comes and next bull market is definitely going to come okay so don't worry about it <laughs> So yeah, we we're going to have another cycle ahead of us. All right. Well, thank you so much Prana for sharing your insights and coming on to the show. If somebody wanted to get in contact with you, how could they get in contact? So they can write to us at contact@woodstockfund.com. Let me spell it C O N T A C T at wood w o d stock f u n d.com. Right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you very much for this wonderful opportunity. Thank you. And for all those who are listening, please do not forget to subscribe to the show if you have not yet and make sure to leave your comments on the comments page on Apple Podcasts. Those reviews help the show so much. So, and we've already been ranked as top show in Apple rankings. We want to make sure we consistently stay there. So, all your reviews help with that. Thank you so much. Thank you.